Good day folk, my name is Nick Spoo Engel and today I want to podcast about my spiritual father Peter van Niekerk. This is my 100th podcast so it's quite exciting for me and I thought I thought about this saying you know that honor should be given where honor is due and so I'd like to um, dedicate this podcast to Peter and uh, yeah I'd just like to share the story of how he has impacted my life. Um, first and foremost I had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ in 1986 um, in the lecture theater at Westville Boys High School so at the particular time I was going through depression and insomnia and had um, had a bit of a difficult time um, and in that condition I was invited to a Christian meeting at Wessel Boys High and had this encounter with the Lord Jesus and I was healed gradually in a wonderful way of the depression and insomnia and then you know the people at that meeting were from the West Christian Fellowship youth there was a young man uh, by Michael van der Meulen who actually led me to the Lord in that meeting and I was ex- able to accept the Lord Jesus Christ um, as my personal saviour in that meeting and that's where everything really changed in my life. Um, then I began to go to the youth on Friday nights of the Westville Christian Fellowship Church which, which was at Westville Senior Primary School and then eventually also began to go to the to the church on a Sunday morning and at the Sunday morning church I began to be exposed to the teachings of Peter van Niekerk and I think you know the most pivotal thing that happened was three years later 1989 when Peter and the um, the leaders of the church took us on a camp and there were some questions that Peter asked us at that camp. And questions such as, um, what color, or does the image of God have anything to do with color? Some of the other questions, not necessarily in the correct order, were, um, what color is justice? And... Um, is the church accountable for justice in society? Uh, how do we treat the domestic workers in our homes? Are we paying a just wage? And of course at the time generally as whites we were not asking those kind of questions. Um, the question was put by Peter of if the church is accountable for justice in society is there such a thing as an unjust law and of course um, we were still under the apartheid system it was 1989 so PW Buerta was president and Tata Mandela was still in prison um, so 
then Peter also said, you know, if the church is accountable for justice in society and there are these unjust laws, what of civil disobedience? So we really asked ourselves those questions and about our role, you know, what did it actually mean to be a Christian um, in the society that we're living there? And, you know, I'm also reminded of a Luther quote, which I'm going to, which I will just say from my head as I remember it. Luther said, if I am preaching a message, a Christian message, um, that is on all other battlefields steady and I am I'm not preaching basically a, a message that is relevant to where Satan or that is where Satan is warring at that moment then I'm not actually preaching Christ so I think that quote which I <laughs> which I, I didn't accurately represent, but I think the message comes through that we need to be relevant and we need to be speaking a message that is relevant to the age and the society that we live in directly. So that message that Peter gave to us was directly relevant to us as white South Africans at that time. We were basically an all-white church at that time. And then what Peter also did... He led us, and he said, if nobody reaches, nobody gets touched. And Chesterville was the, the, the black African township that had been created by the potted system, which was right next door to Westville. Literally, we had the, there was a fence, and there were these, these big houses, and then there were these small houses. Um, and so he said, you know, we're going in. We began to visit the homes, the shabines. We began to pray with people we began taking uh you know visiting and also um inviting people to church and that was quite radical for us because that wasn't really done at the time in South Africa you know everything was separate due to the apartheid system um and so we had the children from the Chesterfield community come we had adults and youth come um and we started building relationships and also the message, the preaching, we began to have that interpreted into Zulu um, on Sunday mornings. And that was, that became um, challenging for some people. So we had um, quite a number of people leaving the church, but the church became gradually more multicultural, as you can imagine. And that was such a benefit. So we really... Um, benefited from building these uh, multicultural relationships. I had personally grown up um, going to an Indian Lutheran church in Reservoir Hills where my mother took us, so that was also a great benefit to me. But now going into Chesterville was another complete um, uh, different group of people. But I think, you know, building relationships with somebody from a different culture is always a meaningful thing. The Chesterville people were also substantially poorer due to the apartheid system. And um, so that also was something meaningful. One of the things I learned from Peter was he, he said to us over the years, you know, don't just give money to the poor, but build meaningful relationships 
with them. So that's what we began to do as a church, and that was, um, that was very meaningful for us. My friend from Lani Tanzi from Chesterville Road Four, we you know we became friends. I was part of his home cell for a while, even though um, he was younger than me. But that was great being able to support him there, and he's um, done very well for himself in life. His family is still there, wonderful family. Um, and uh, so building those relationships with the community of Chesterville, Westville and Chesterville together, particularly in the context of the body of Christ. Um, and, you know, one of the scriptures in Ephesians that Peter taught us was Ephesians 2. In fact, let's read that scripture. I'm reading from verse 11 of chapter 2. Therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles, in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So the blood of Jesus is the powerful thing. I just want to pray a moment. Father, I thank you for your blood. It washes away our sin, that saves us, delivers us, heals us. Just bless you, Lord. I just pray that you touch each person that may be listening and their families. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Reading verse 14 now of Ephesians chapter 2. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity now that word enmity is the hostility, the separation, the hatred, and also racism is broken there. So he abolished in his flesh the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances that, that in ordinances that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. I'm reminded of a beautiful movie, American History X, where you've got a white neo-Nazi gang and a black gang on the streets of LA um, fighting each other. And I remember the gang leader of the one gang had killed the brother of the gang leader of the other um, gang. And the two of them were in the, landed up in the prison together having to work in the laundry. And simply through getting to know each other, they became great friends. These arch enemies became great friends through building relationships. So now that's without Christ. So now with Jesus, so much more. You know, the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. So we've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the anointing um, that is so powerful to help us become one. It says in verse 15b, make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. Um, 
There's also the John 17 prayer of Jesus where he's praying for all of us to be one. The body of Christ to be one as him and the Father are one. And if we are one as the body of Christ, then the world will be will believe. John 17, 23 and 24. 16 of Ephesians 2 now. And might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross. So we become one and we also become reconciled in one body, united to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. Um, where it says there, by it having put to death the enmity, the, um, another translation says, in himself. So it's really in Jesus that the enmity has been put to death. Verse 17, and he... Jesus came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. That's a quote there from the Old Testament. Uh, prophecy about Christ. Verse 18. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you, who, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together in a dwelling of God in the Spirit. So, I also need to mention Peter's wonderful wife, Yvonne, who really was so gracious over the years in allowing Peter to go out and minister. You know, Yvonne preferred to stay at home than go on the trips, but she allowed him a lot of freedom to go and be a blessing to the local, translocal, and universal body of Christ. Um, so Yvonne was really wonderful like that, and credit must be given to her... Um, really for releasing Peter to do the work that God had called him to do. And she made a lot of sacrifices like that. So I think credit and thanks and gratitude must go to Yvonne also for um, playing a, a very meaningful role in allowing Peter to minister and also just being who she is, you know, being amazing with the children and the grandchildren and also being being a blessing to the church in her own unique way. One of the other things that Peter taught us was to vicariously repent as whites and ask forgiveness of our black brothers and sisters for what we as the whites have done to them. Even if we were not personally responsible, we could step in there and we could play the scapegoat and actually um, repent and say sorry so as to help reconcile our relationships. A friend of mine, Dean Botha, has said it's not about being right. It's about being reconciled. And I think that's such a beautiful um, thing to when principle for our relationship it's not about right being right it's about being reconciled
So Peter took us into Chesterville and we started having the folk from the Chesterville Township, the black African folk, joining us, which was so meaningful. We also um, began to go into the different Indian areas, Chatsworth, Phoenix, Shellcross, and having folk visiting us and joining us, and some colored folk as well. So we gradually became more and more multicultural, and it was um, so meaningful building relationships with people from different cultures and learning new things. You know, if, if we just stick to people that are like us, we don't learn a lot of new things. We actually become enriched by building relationships across cultures. And of course there's a spiritual dynamic where racism is broken at the same time. Class distinction when we meet rich and poor as well. So the theme from 89 onwards for that season became justice and righteousness. There's some beautiful scriptures, Psalm 97.2 and Psalm 89.14 says that justice and righteousness are the foundation of the throne of God. There were many other meaningful things that happened over this period and this season. But I want to speak now about another aspect of Peter's uh, spiritual following and mentorship, and that's the, the personal mentorship. You know, when <clears throat> myself and other young people in the church wanted to meet with Peter, he was always willing to meet with us and to invest time. I remember one particularly difficult period in my life where, where, we, where I sat and I shared um, with Peter, I'd been going through depression and so on, and he just sat and he listened, and he didn't say anything, but just, he was just there, fully present. And what that did there was, it showed me something about God and his heart, that God is there for us. God is a faithful father. God never leaves us, nor forsakes us. There's various other meetings and seasons in my life where Peter um, assisted me. For example, in 1997, when I first started doing street evangelism and visiting the homes, um, you know, by myself, I used to walk around with a guitar. Peter really, um, you know, was able to advise me. And then years later, when I um, started doing more door-to-door -door evangelism again in Chesterville, you know, he just spoke about just visiting, you know, before it had been more on the street and a little bit in the homes. And I specifically suggested, well, you know, why don't you go door to door? And that was so amazing. Um, literally just plodding, just step by step, visiting home, telling people about Jesus, praying for them. And obviously in the street as well, because you go to, you know, from house to house, you're also walking in the streets in between. There were some wonderful encounters where um, I had an opportunity to to pray with people and share and spread the love of Jesus to them. There was also another period where where I had been spending my Mondays in a kind of Sabbath rest kind of day because I used to Sunday was always more of a working day with ministry and so on, and I used to do the door to door evangelism on Sunday afternoons and also visit the Mother Teresa home, um, you know, home for the the poorest of the poor for, um, you know, the, the poor and the sick uh, adults and children and mentally challenged, physically challenged 
um, adults who are children. That would have been Sunday afternoon. So Mondays, um, I used to have a Sabbath rest day. I used to go to the bush, the nature reserve, just to spend some time praying and reading the Bible and some Christian books. Took my guitar as well. And I remember the one particular Monday, I was driving into into the nature reserve, towards the nature reserve, and I just felt that I needed to just carry on driving. I drove straight into town and um, stopped at the workshop and just got out and felt just needed to talk to one security guard about Jesus, which I did. And then from there, I just began to go into the inner city and start um, just ministering primarily among the, um, the poor and the homeless in the inner city. I remember a particularly meaningful meeting that I had with Peter at Vida E Cafe when we it used to still be there at the Westford Mall. Um, and my heart had been to go and actually spend some time staying in the shelter in the inner city. Uh, Peter had also said to us over the years, um, don't just... Uh, give money to the poor but build meaningful relationships with them and I felt too well if I'm staying in the shelter that it could be a great way to build meaningful relationships with the poor so then Peter Peter was in support of that um, you know he's <laughs> always been one to on the cutting edge of um, what God is doing um, but I just remember uh, feeling that that support going in there and ministering there, even though Peter wasn't physically with me, he was praying for me and uh, you know supported that decision to go and reach the poor. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, has anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. You know, the poor having the good news preached to them, that is, that is good news. Another meaningful... Um, thing that we were able to do as members of WCF Church and with some of the relating churches is to go on ministry trips and SWAT trips. Uh, SWAT is, the S is for Spirit-filled, W is workers, and A is for adventure, T is for tenacity. So it was for Spirit-filled workers with a sense of adventure and tenacity. That was the acronym that Peter came up with. But these SWAT trips were exceptionally meaningful so we went on many many swats trips that uh, you know peter led a lot of them to in fact two were in different countries one in zimbabwe that i went was able to go on and one in mozambique and these were always amazing because we were also ministering among the poor and this is i think another thing that i've appreciated and, and greatly respect and admire about Peter is that he's not he hasn't been looking for fame and profile and or money over the years and still now you know that's always been his heart and that I've sort of imbibed and I'm so grateful for that you know there's something when you're ministering to those less fortunate than yourself something happens that that's what Jesus that's what Jesus was like. So those those trips were a tremendous privilege. And it was amazing seeing these these folk responding um, and blessing us, you know, out of their like the widows might, you know, having virtually nothing, but they just they just bless us and they want to 
also respond to the word and to to the blessings coming from the team. Um, so I learned a lot. I also had the privilege uh, of going in with Peter a number of times into the prison, assisting with the worship. Peter would preach, I would assist with the worship. Um, and it was really great being able to be there and also um, just glean from the passion of the prisoners for Jesus and seeing these guys incarcerated and yet serving God and passionately worshipping Him. It was always interesting to hear how different the messages were that Peter preached in the different environments and they were always appropriate for the environment. So that's what a prophet um, is and does, is he, he speaks a word that is appropriate, prophetic and appropriate, pur pur. So those were just a couple of personal memoirs of Peter's influence in my life. So we'll um, leave it there for today's episode and maybe I'll share some other um, aspects in the future. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you folk. Thank you Lord for a great uh, rest of the day. Just uh, be with us. We give ourselves to you. We say... Um, let your kingdom come and your will be done in our lives on this planet, Lord, uh, as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.